the bedpost podcast i of course am your host aaron pym and what i like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations about sex and sexuality sexuality <laughs> and today i'm super duper excited i have some fellow podcasters on the other end of these microphones and it's a new podcast up my alley it's about sex work up my alley it's got some heart it's got some brains it's got some beauty (laughs) it's got a lot of a lot of cutie patooties flirting with each other as well so let's just welcome them into the virtual room please welcome the creators and co-hosts of tart with a heart podcast i love that that title so much tart with the heart oh it's so cute so please welcome to the mic co-hosts eliza lord and zoe bell hello ladies hi Hi. um that was elizabeth's uh, idea of the name by the way it's a good one it's like so succinct like it tells you exactly what it is and it tells you the vibe which is important yeah how did you how did you come up with that eliza Oh my god, I can't remember. I feel like we've been working on this all year, and this year feels like a decade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it was like, ugh, I originally was, like I messaged in a, a couple of DM groups a while back, asking if anybody wanted to be part of like a podcast, and at first I was going to work with, um, oh my gosh, what was her name? Alexia. Alexia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woodrow. yeah. Yeah, Alexia Woodrow, and... We were going to do a podcast called uh, Sex in the Sixth, which was also a really cool name that she Very came up good. with. Yeah. yeah, but then we both got too busy, and then I was, like, looking for, like, new names, and I think I asked, like, a bunch of my study friends. I had, like, a whole list, and, like, I think Tart with a Heart kind of came from one of the media tropes, like, um, a hooker with a heart of gold. Right, um, of yeah. course, yeah. By the way, I only put that together literally yesterday when the podcast Oh, my gosh! <laughs> So, like, big, uh, yeah, big brain over here, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be cool, because, like, Zoe and I are obsessed with, like, media, like, they're a bunch of media nerds, and so, like, yeah. it made sense to do something that was related to a media trope, because there's, like, no, there are very few good depictions of sex workers in the media. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I actually just talked to a friend, um, the podcast that I'm currently editing, like, for my own podcast. I talked to Abbott Imaquando, who does a podcast called Nostalgique, which is Ooh. talking about, like, uh, media from our childhood, essentially. Um, so I had her on the pod, and we were talking about, like, how media is represented, how sex work is represented in the media. Um, and like, I could tell her from my perspective, like the sex work perspective, and she could tell me how she receives it as a viewer, watcher, consumer, um, who is not in the sex work community or the kink community either. So it was like very, yeah, it was a very interesting conversation to be like, like, I know it's like the most inaccurate depiction ever, but like, how do you see it 
And like, I was so pleased to uh, find out that she also generally understood when people got it right and when they were getting it wrong. So oh, awesome. A little, a little so soft applause to ABBA. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Media literacy 101. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, you you talk about media on your podcast. What else uh, is your podcast about, Zoe? So we actually, we, ta- we spent a really long time uh, workshopping the podcast because we really wanted to have like a really firm ethos for when we launched it. And we wanted to make sure that our vision was like very clear so yes we want to look at media you know texts and the depictions and of sex work and challenge like the dominant narratives that you see um often and uh bring that perspective because that's just our wheelhouse but it was really important to uh eliza especially to like really amplify like i think from day one you were like we should have guests on like it Mm -hmm. shouldn't just be us two Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because we're, you can't, sex work is such like an inner, like there's so many intersections of identities mm-hmm. and no two people could ever encapsulate everybody's lived experience in this job. Well said. Uh, and the problem is like we had many conversations about this because I was actually really reluctant to come on with Eliza. <laughs> At why? First, why? Why? I had to pressure her. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I had to double check with her for months, and then COVID happened, so it was like, ah. But <laughs> um, because the typical people who speak for the community that we see, who get media coverage, who get attention, it's always the same type of person. It's always skinny, pretty, upper middle class white women. Yeah, right, right. And mm-hmm. I fit that bill exactly. So I was like, <laughs> shit, like, oh no, like, I don't want it to just be another one of those because I obviously cannot speak to everybody's experience. That's not something I feel equipped to do. Yeah. But yes and no, Zoe, because you're a queer person and you're a disabled person, yeah? I do have some intersections of marginalization, but. I guess it's imposter syndrome talking, but (laughs) I try and I try to be empathetic and I obviously don't just talk to only upper middle class white providers like that's, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, you still don't want to, you don't want to hurt anybody or misrepresent anybody either. So it was really important to us that we would be able to invite like as part of our vision for the podcast, it wouldn't just be us two talking. It would be, we would be able to have on guest hosts and they could share their knowledge and expertise and their story. Um, and we're unfortunately, we're, we're also trying to uh, show respect and by paying our guests for their time because it's mm-hmm. also COVID and yep. sex work yeah. has been really hurt. The whole industry has been really hurt. So we don't want to waste people's time either. We want to show them that we value them. So Mm -hmm. unfortunately, we have to hold off until the new year to have guests on. But if you donate to our Patreon, that money goes to our guests. So please Mm -hmm. donate. (laughs) See, that's like the noblest of causes, because like as somebody who is a podcaster has been doing it a long time, that's that is something that is not done 
in mm-hmm. podcasting. Nobody gets oh, paid for being on a podcast. We, we are aware. Journalism in general, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that. So that's really interesting, Eliza. Where did you come up with that idea to want to do that? Yeah, like we came up with it together. A lot of it was like frustration over how journalists interact with like marginalized communities when they're trying to write about us. Mm. Um, I think it's really important that when there are stories about sex work, it's coming from sex workers. And I think it was like, especially during COVID, like a, my inbox was like filled with journalists asking to talk to me about sex Same. work. Yeah, about kink, yeah. like about the kink world. That was me too. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, well, I'm like freaking out of, over like the pandemic, but like maybe. And I would ask them about compensation and they would tell me that it's against like the rules, essentially. Like they're not allowed to compensate their sources. Yeah. Um, and my response to that is just that the rules kind of have to change because especially when you're working with such marginalized communities, like uh, like the risk about of like talking about sex work is so high. And so often like uh, sex workers get outed by media. Like we just saw that with, um, we just oh. saw that happen to a paramedic, right? Yes, um, right. in New York. New York, yeah. And so it's just like, we should absolutely be compensated. That should be changed because like you're asking someone to either like relive trauma or like give like this like very specific, information and insight right like we should absolutely be um, compensated for our time yeah these people don't have access to these communities unless we talk to them so but what incentive do we have to talk to them when they fuck it up aren't accountable damage like literally put us in harm's way often like what Mm -hmm. just happened with the new york post they which Mm -hmm. and they lied to her also they didn't even tell her what the article was going to be it was so heartbreaking how can we trust yeah how can we trust we already are facing so much stigma violence discrimination what is the point like Mm -hmm. especially if you're not even going to get it right Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah they i think they can't even like show you the story ahead of time you just have to wait until it's published yeah. yeah, like I, I for one, one of the things that sex work has really done for me is I am so particular about how I'm represented because I'm in charge of everything in my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's your brand. Own. It's your yeah. business. Yeah, I am my own agent. I am my own manager. I am my own marketing person. Yeah. So I am really particular about how I am represented and what I have to say and what I have to say matters and like, uh, what if I? I literally just talked to a fellow sex worker. And she got interviewed about the gentrification of OnlyFans, and they cut all of her shit out of the article and, oh, like, no. just just focused on civilians who are pretending that it wasn't sex work. Oh, um, God. That's awful. That's so frustrating. So, like, you put in this labor and you don't even have your voice represented? Like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely identify with that because, yeah, I've been, as I said before, I've been the person that's been contacted by media for stories for parts of their documentaries like that's mm-hmm. been happening a lot during COVID times and I'm like very visible online so you know people see me as like well whatever like a representative of some sort or whatever but that's kind of an interesting point that you brought up Zoe that not only are you not compensated but you don't really get to understand the context in which you're going to be presented mm-hmm. I have one friend in media who's a contact that he because he's my friend he always shows it to me beforehand and is open to me suggesting edits but that is so not the standard when it Mm -hmm. comes to you know just reporters interviewing people and like especially as you both mentioned all of the high-risk things that are 
that they're asking specifically from the sex work community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's it's an issue of mutual trust. Like they've just dem- I just feel like mainstream journalism has demonstrated time and time and again that we can't trust them. And unfortunately, um, uh, the other thing is too, like when people, uh, I find journalism tries to sell you on exposure. Uh, mm-hmm. Guess what? Most sex workers don't want exposure. Right. <laughs> you can't eat Most... exposure. <laughs> exposure could get us killed. So yep. how about, or outed or like, yeah. So the, the, and like, we're used to getting paid for our time where our time is super valuable. That's one thing that sex mm-hmm. work teaches you above all else is yes, you pay for my time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so I, I just have no interest. I mean, I potentially I would have interest, but um, I, I, I need to have set some terms. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But it's also like to offer exposure, it's like, well, how you found with me was because I already have great exposure. That's how yeah. you found me to approach me for <laughs> right. this article. I, I can, so why yeah, do I, can I do this need myself? <laughs> I don't need either your exposure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that was it, too, is like we were like sex workers have these big, strong voices. There are tons of sex workers who talk about their experiences. We just usually do it on blogs or through uh, whatever means that we have. Yeah, in Um, our own way for all of the reasons that we just stated, because Mm -hmm. we need to be in control of our Mm -hmm. voice and our brand and... Um, but there's plenty of people who have things to say and they're loud on like sex worker Twitter. And I think both Elizabeth and I are people like that. And so Mm -hmm. we were like, why, instead of critiquing like what's out there, why don't we just do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So yes, Eliza. So this is mostly your baby. I've I've come to understand this podcast, right? So you <laughs> tell me what was the impetus for you specifically for starting up the pod? Like everything, a little bit of spite. Like seeing, like how Zoe mentioned earlier, like a lot of the people who get the most visibility in this industry are like white, thin. Uh, middle class to upper class sex workers um, and then they become the voice of the industry and they can't speak for everyone just like we can't speak for everyone. I think that with racialized sex workers, with disabled sex workers, with like openly queer sex workers, there's like a lot more risk to being honest and like to giving more nuanced like takes on this industry. Um, Like there's a lot more to lose and a lot less support. You already are dealing with like the fact that you are much less respectable it just within like your identity and then you do sex work and so I feel like even as like a black queer sex worker that I have like a lot of privilege and I've been able to get away with saying things that might be seem controversial (laughs) um (laughs) because I didn't giggle like this (laughs) so I can get away with it and so I like wanted to harness that and I think um One of the things I think I told Zoe about, like, why I wanted to work with her on this podcast was because I think she's great. Um, I think that she's does a lot of good work to, like, be a good, like, ally slash accomplice. And I also (laughs) think, like, it's a strategic move because I know that, like, with this podcast, we are wanting to take a bit of a risk. Um, We, like, joke a lot about, like, oh, how is this going to affect, like, their actual business, like, the thing we need to survive, because we're, like, we're going to say this thing, and it might not be the most popular opinion, yeah. Yeah, or it might be an opinion that is popular, but no one wants to say out loud, because we're also, like, working on our branding and wanting to, like, survive capitalism. Yeah, I think, Zoe, you and I had this conversation about, like, how bitter can we be on Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
you can only you can only poke holes in the fantasy so much. Like yeah, you, yeah. To, you still need to put in the emotional labor of masking and being like the fantasy is still here for you, clients. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but also acknowledging that I'm a human being who has many layers and like we Eliza and I joked like pretty early on. I like we were having a meeting. And I just realized I like spoke out loud. I'm like, oh, I'm the token white person that makes the podcast like marketable. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Elizabeth, Elizabeth laughed at me and was like, ha, you're the token. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, use me. Really? Use me, yeah. daddy. Yeah. Use me up. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, honestly, though. Yeah, like, we really want this to be a podcast for sex workers and by sex workers, not like for sex workers, but filtering it out for clients and like civvies. I love that. Yeah, because even like on my um, on my podcast, like it's by a sex worker. I have a shit ton of sex workers as guests, but I still feel like in general, like I know I do have sex worker listeners for sure, but in general, like the podcast is to a more general audience. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm like really interested in this specific like thesis of your pod being like by sex workers for sex workers. Can you tell me well, a bit a bit more about that? Yeah, like for me, just based on like what you're saying, because like, we talked about that, we were like, because we were, we were thinking of pitching to networks for a while, and we were like, oh, how do we make this palatable and intriguing to civilians, which is the term that sex workers use to for civvies. people. <laughs> yeah, people who don't do sex work, we call you civilians. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Um, <laughs> don't hate. <laughs> don't hate. Um, anyway, uh, but the problem with that is then we're still positioning sex workers as the other. Right. Yeah. We're still positioning us as not people who need to be spoken to and who deserve like to have something for them and like where we don't have to censor ourselves as much and like uh it's just like yeah, we, we really wanted to be like uh we're already on the fringes, like the whole point of this is to not position ourselves that way, like to amplify our voices. So Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, we sense? really Yeah, it does make sense, I think. Um because I think it's important to have, like, work out there that is not about convincing people why we deserve to exist. And it's just about, like, existing. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's most of sex worker discourse when you're presenting it to a mainstream audience is always, we're people and we deserve to exist. And it's like, there's so much more nuance about talking about sex work than just that point. Like, I'm yeah. tired. We're tired. At this point in 2020, we are tired of oh, having gosh, to yeah. prove to people <laughs> that we are fucking people and that we deserve mm -hmm. to even not be murdered like yeah. you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, yeah i like, do oh the bar's so low the, yeah the bar's it so is low. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally and that work is important and that work is already there and i feel like yeah we really want to like heal ourselves and it's like we've told them we need to exist they know it and if they don't want to believe it like that's the ball's in their court now let's just talk to each other <laughs> Yeah, let's just do our own thing over here, because, ugh. <laughs> no, but even, even as part of civil resistance, though, mobilization is really important for marginalized groups, and it's like, mm -hmm. we don't have a hot, we don't have anything to really, like, like, uh, I was trying to say, like, center around, but, like, 
like mobilized like to really like feel that solidarity with other sex workers and like the feedback we've already gotten we've only released one episode so far as we're recording this and honestly like the feedback that we've gotten from the people that we were really trying to reach um mm. has they're been... being reached yeah yeah they're honestly amazing. like saying <laughs> they're saying like how grateful they are and like it's it's so touching, honestly, already. Like, I'm, there's a need. There's a need for something like this. Yes, there is definitely 100% a need for uh, media about sex workers to be made by sex workers. Mm-hmm. Huge demand. Yeah, because we're also, like, Elizabeth was, like, so, also, um, so emphatic about, like, we're also, so many of us are also artists, and, like, Elizabeth and I are academics, like, we're, there's so much more to us that, like, we, uh, like, fuck trying to achieve respectability politics, like, whatever, Um, but at the same time, like, we have skills, like, we, you know, like, (laughs) we can create things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the topics that you really are interested in covering in your pod? Eliza, if you will. So I really want to analyze WAP. Oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a close reading and like analyze the hell out of it because it's beautiful. Yes. It is Shakespeare could never. Um... <laughs> He would dare. He, he, he could dare. write a pussy joke. He could only write dick jokes. So he could only write dick jokes, and if he attempted, it would never be as close to the brilliance that is WAP. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we also want to do like a lot of like skill sharing. Like I think lots of industries do it, where they talk about like what works in this industry on like different platforms, and that's happened in other podcasts too. Like we're definitely not the first, and we won't be the last. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something we really want to do for workers in Canada to just like invite other workers on and be like, tell us about how you build your business. What are tips that you have for other people? Let's just share the knowledge. Yeah. We want to talk about like, um, how sex work interacts with like mainstream culture and like, um, how it gets appropriated. We want to rant about Bella Thorne. We want to, (laughs) we want to talk about, uh, racism in this industry. We want to talk about like our first podcast was about isolation. And so there's like wellness stuff too. Like, Honestly, it's like everything that our hearts want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I loved how in that in that first episode, you both really got a chance to kind of put a spotlight on your own experiences surrounding isolation. But then like the last like 15 minutes was like, okay, what are things that we can recommend or give tips on like for folks that are listening for specifically for sex workers that are listening? how they can like take care of themselves this holiday season. Cause that's like the time that it came out, but like, Oh, I, I just love that part so much because maybe you can kind of re-highlight um, Zoe, uh, what you talked about concerning family contact with family throughout this time and how that can affect our mental health as sex workers. Yeah, um, well, we talked about one of the uh, things that's the hardest when you're a sex worker is feeling alienated from other people because you can't necessarily be open about what you do for a living. So, and that extends to family as well for most of us. Um, So, and especially we also wanted to uh, tie that in with other marginalizations, like such as being a queer individual. Um, there's a lot of overlap of like, do I come out to my parents? Do I not? Do I risk violence if I do? Or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, social uh, not not being accepted. Yeah, repercussions. Um, yeah, repercussions. Being cut off from emotional or financial support. 
one of the things I was a little frightened of was, you know, foregrounding our experiences as like universal experiences, which mm-hmm. is not the case whatsoever. So one of the things that I suggested was if you can have boundaries with your family or with people in your personal life, um, if you are able to do that, if you're like, if you're not in an incredibly abusive situation, because that's obviously a caveat, that it's important to be able to protect yourself if you're a sex worker, even to people that you love. And that's a really difficult thing to reconcile with and to hold. But if you don't feel comfortable exposing yourself, then you're allowed to set boundaries. You're allowed Mm -hmm. to say, especially with COVID right now, I mean, we're all obviously isolated from each other and missing family and friends. Um, And that is also painful. But for me, I saw it as an opportunity of like, I need to have to set boundaries with some people in my life, which is, I can't see you this year because Mm -hmm. one, I'm in lockdown. (laughs) One, I'm in lockdown. But two, I just, I don't have the spoons. I just don't. But we can maybe do a virtual hangout. Like setting, I don't want to cut off relationships. But I even, I even told my parents, they have been asking what I've been doing for work. And I've just straight up said, "Uh, no, I'm not telling you. I'm not comfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything. And they've had to go, okay, yeah. And we respect that. Which is a huge, like, I'm not coming out. This is the key difference. I'm not saying this is what I'm doing. Like, they're not owed any information that might, you know, hurt me. Because like, what if that could be putting me in a really emotionally precarious situation where I get re-traumatized or triggered or uh it's not something i have to go through so we were trying to suggest like you're allowed to set boundaries you're allowed to not come out you're allowed you're allowed to have a story you're allowed especially if you started this year and you just don't know how to explain (laughs) you don't have to (laughs) you don't have to you and also that supports out there that you know there's this big community of sex workers and we want to take care of each other we really do um, because we've all been the baby. We've all been the baby who started and we have no idea what we're doing and we're unsocialized and like, what? You have to pay for labor and advice and like, what? And like, <laughs> you know, what are the rules? And like, what? You're not supposed to say certain words. Like, you know, there's a lot of socialization too that goes into coming into the community. Yeah. And when you're new, you don't know any of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have to really mark, do market research. Definitely. Do you have anything to add about that, Eliza? Yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, Zoe said most of it. I feel like the only other thing is that we literally told people that, like, it's 100% okay to lie. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. no one, it is. It is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, you really You're don't not a bad person. People. You're not a bad person. You don't owe anyone the truth. You can have very loving, fulfilling relationships with people who will never know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even people that are the closest to you. You still yeah. don't have to tell them yeah like there's this whole narrative of like having to come out and it's just not possible for everybody and it's like it's not always the best choice for people to compromise like the community that they need to like and I'm doing like air quotes like live honestly like you don't you don't have to just yeah, lie. like you don't need <laughs> yeah you don't need to compromise your safety yeah. meaning physical mental emotional mm-hmm. um because you think you should be out like yeah. you you don't need to be out to anyone even if yeah. they're your family mm-hmm. yeah so for me the issue has been too is like this year because so many 
civilians or people who don't identify as sex workers have really like jumped on OnlyFans and who are really vocal about it, except except they have plausible deniability that they're not sex workers, Mm -hmm. um, which is the only way that the mainstream actually accepts us, by the way. So the Mm -hmm. idea that sex work is like accepted right now is bullshit. It's not. It's just that people who get to claim that they're not doing sex work are lauded for doing the shit we've been doing for years. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, it's so... <laughs> interesting, like, the internalized horophobia within the sex work community, you know what I mean? Because yeah. yeah. technically, the people that are kind of casually doing OnlyFans just lately because they need a little extra cash for the holidays, mm-hmm. like, technically, you're you're a, doing a type of sex work, really. <laughs> your your so... image, image is on the internet now forever. Like, (laughs) and we've just seen a lot of people who are like people promoting on their personal Facebooks. And it's like, that's that's really dangerous. And it's also tying into these like empowerment narratives about like, everybody should be able to be open about it. And it's like, that is, it's so, so dangerous. And like, that's also assuming a level of privilege that not everybody in the industry has. Mm -hmm. And I just think that pushing narratives like that is like not helping us, especially because if you're actually paying attention to what's happening to sex workers right now globally, mm-hmm. we are we they are clamping down hard on like very mm-hmm. op- oppression and censorship and like worldwide mm-hmm. too. So it's also very painful to be a part of the community and to see all these new people who like everyone's like yes fire go off and like we're (laughs) going like they are trying to cut off our income and like kill us and (laughs) like it's not helping actually marginalized people so i i feel really i have a lot of strong feelings (laughs) yeah so what i would like to do then is actually i don't think i've had a chance on this podcast to really talk about what has happened like literally in the past like week and a half so (laughs) let's take a little bit of a break let's let's recollect um let let's get our rage aligned so we can (laughs) have a a discourse about this in the second half so thank you so much zoe and eliza we'll see you in a few everybody bye Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Hello everyone, welcome back. We are we are primed and ready for our discourse surrounding uh, what has happened in the sex worker 
sphere <laughs> very mm-hmm. recently, like past like week we're talking about, there's been like 14 things. Mm-hmm. So I believe Zoe, you have organized like a little list over there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tell us sure? about it. Tell us about it. what's going on for people who don't know. Uh, this was really fun to make, by the way. I loved just compiling <laughs> all the ways that the state is trying to oppress us. Um, it's so fun. Yeah. Um, I know. Okay. So one, the UK is pushing to, I think it's Scotland specifically. Yeah. They are pushing specific laws right now to support the Nordic model. Yeah. Now, I understand people probably don't understand what the Nordic model is. Um, the Nordic model is essentially criminalizes clients for soliciting sex workers. So the idea is sex workers don't get criminally charged or face repercussions, but the clients are still liable. Um, Except for the fact that (laughs) criminalizing clients uh, reduces, that means there's just less safe clients because they're scared to solicit our services. Do something illegal. Yes, mm-hmm. so that means that there's more predators, there's more people who are unsafe, and it means that there's less employment opportunities, there's less clients to pick from. So mm-hmm. it means that sex workers have to pick the bottom of the barrel because they need to get paid, uh, and, and they have to put themselves. Advantage. Yeah, we have to put ourselves in more precarious situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and often work that often leads to people working on the street more and like, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, lots of drives it underground, that... which makes it more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which any type of criminalization in this in sex work does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is a lie too. if you read revolting prostitutes, the idea that sex workers don't get charged with prostitution uh, ch- charges. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. They do, especially if they're black, if they're trans if they're mm-hmm. marginalized, like, ugh, it's, and then that leads into, like, a cycle of them being recriminalized over and over, because then they have charges they have to pay, so they have to go back to prostitution, and then they get charged again. Mm-hmm. It's a nightmare. So yeah. that's one thing that's going on right now, and all the sex workers in the UK are very vocal that this is not something that they want. Mm-hmm. So that's happening. <laughs> Because uh, from the outside, like the public, the civvies are like, "Oh yeah, Nordic model, good. Yeah, we're like protect, we're, yeah, protect, <laughs> yeah." No, that's not what it's doing. No. All right, what what's next? Oh god, I'm nervous. <laughs> okay. okay, so I'm tired. I'm, t- I'm tired. Yeah, over it. So Pornhub has Ugh. been accused in the past of Jesus. having underage models. They have also had revenge porn, aka tapes that have been uploaded non-consensually mm-hmm. uh <laughs> so these are things that people have had issues with Pornhub for a really long time also like uh child pornography child abuse yes um sexual assault so All there's the above. oh mm-hmm. also pirated content from independent mm-hmm. creators oh mostly that's the what the majority of Pornhub is it's pirated content, content. Yeah, so, yeah yeah if you're watching any porn on Pornhub for free that is stolen content. Go find the source and pay the actual creators of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to be ethical and actually make us uh, see some money. <laughs> yeah, because it's our fucking job, so, yeah. Yeah, so uh, these are things that Pornhub has been criticized for for a really long time. Yeah. So uh, recently, I think it was literally last week, they changed their terms of services to only allowing verified models to be able to post content. Mm-hmm. Yay! Great. Which is good. 
Yes. Very good. Yes. It means that people can, because also lots of independent creators use Pornhub to advertise their stuff and to sell content. Mm -hmm. So it's a really um, important, because there's so much visibility, like, because it's such a huge platform. Yeah. It's essentially like porn stars, like Twitter. (laughs) Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. it's like very important to a lot of them to be able to promote themselves. And so all these changes to Pornhub are great. However, (laughs) because they admitted that they were attempting to curb things like trafficking, child abuse, child porn, Visa and MasterCard, the next day, (laughs) the next day, I'm disgusted. literally announced that they were pulling out of Pornhub as payment processors. How the fuck are you going to pay for independent porn mm-hmm. if you can't so use your fucking step forward, credit card? <laughs> two steps back, basically. Yeah. And yeah. they cited it because of illegal activity on Pornhub. Pornhub, in a year, has about 119 cases of human trafficking or child porn on and tell me and tell me zoe what are what are the numbers for instagram and facebook in comparison 80 million (laughs) oh my god it's insane it's insane yeah so pornhub is actually like an industry leader in like combating this shit like they're actually really good at it it still happens Right. But they're actually, they've it's been... It's going to happen. It's going to yeah. happen. No matter it's... what. No matter where. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those things. It's the internet, unfortunately. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But do you see Visa and MasterCard, like, taking punitive action against Instagram, Facebook, Zoom, Reddit? Of course Zoom, not. Of course Reddit, not. Of course not. No. It's only... And if you really look into this, it's also... I don't know all the details as, as much as some people, but... The reason that this is happening isn't because Pornhub was like, oh, we're fighting human trafficking. It's because uh, anti-porn groups like Exodus Cry mm. have been pressuring fucking Pornhub forever. Like, this is an anti-porn... Mm-hmm. Like, their goal is not... To, and they say they, they're trying to stop human, human trafficking. That's oh, not their a, goal at all. No, it's the same thing with Sesta Fosta. It's like all of the no. repercussions for sex workers, they're all intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not mm-hmm. like the unexpected result. It's mm-hmm. the no. intention behind the yeah. whole mm-hmm. fucking thing. We yeah. are the targets. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. They want us to not have access to income. Full stop. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yes. <laughs> so. So what's next, Zoe? Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Our next segment. So, uh, so you just mentioned Sesta Frosta. That passed in 2018-ish. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. so that resulted in a ton of censorship on Instagram, for example. The new version of SESTA-FOSTA that uh, the U.S. government has was trying to uh, basically put towards Congress in the summer, called the Earn It Act, mm-hmm. has passed as of early October this year. And it's also an attempt to fight, quote-unquote, human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Except for in U.S. law, human trafficking is defined so widely that it can include consensual participants in sex work. Mm-hmm. So, and they do that intentionally so that they can discriminate and harm us. Yeah. <laughs> However so, they want to interpret it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so because of this Earn It Act, which essentially it works the exact same way as sesta Foster, which is the idea that um, Facebook, Instagram, these sites can now be sued for the way that users use the platforms. So they don't have liability exemption in court. 
they can be sued for like an OnlyFans model being like, join my OnlyFans, basically. That's insane. It's crazy. So they have to quote unquote earn liability exemption by proving that they are fighting, that they can prove that they are attempting to fight against quote unquote human trafficking. One thing I also found out this year from reading Rolled in Prostitutes, which is a really, really good labor rights book if you want to educate yourself. Who's the author? Oh, it's like Juno Mack and Molly Smith, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have gotten that wrong, but uh, they are also former sex workers from what I understand. They also pointed out in their book that, um, did you know that worldwide trade sanctions are ranked based on who can demonstrate that they're fighting against human trafficking? Good Lord. <laughs> Isn't that fucked up? Yeah, mm-hmm. very. So, so even if the states, so example, like the states will pressure Cuba you're not fighting human trafficking enough, even though there's no hard numbers to prove that. And the states <laughs> versus the states who are like, we're so for human, like I get fighting human trafficking. And in reality, it's like a huge like smoke problem. Screen. Yeah, it's a huge <laughs> smoke screen. They're not actually interested in fighting that or helping trafficking victims at all. Because also uh, human trafficking victims, consensual sex work is often one of the ways that human trafficker, like trafficking victims escape their abusers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, like so hurting consensual sex workers, you're literally hurting. You're literally doing the opposite. You're yeah. literally, yeah, yeah. You're hurting trafficking victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're literally pushing them to go back to yeah. their, their pimps and their third parties. Making it harder for them to save themselves. <sighs> yes, and achieve independence. So <laughs> you're just pushing them back towards more abuse. It's so upsetting. So backwards. So, yeah, so... Instagram, because the Earn It Act passed, has now changed their terms of services. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have it with me here, but it's something crazy like you can't be in a bikini. Correct. You can't You can't have censored stuff. Like no, you can't you, you no longer can you post uh, something where you're nude or semi nude and just censor your bits. You can't do that anymore. No, which is how most sex workers have gotten away with, with doing that cheating the algorithm essentially yeah they mm-hmm. literally have a hand over boob algorithm yes exactly yeah oh so before goodness. you could do that yeah wow no, you can't. out of curiosity how does this um affect uh non-sex workers like influencers or like the kardashians for example or does it, it just not it won't <laughs> yeah. well, it doesn't affect rich people none of this affects rich people and more, yeah, or so. rich white people especially yeah our, yeah. our enemies are verified <laughs> did you just make that up is that some from something that's no 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 that's no, fucking no, no. brilliant yeah. no 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 it's something like my my i forget what it is it's a meme it was like something something and my enemies are oh that's so, <laughs> that's so good that's so good gwen adora posted well it and i was like god i love gwen pop, pop, pop. Gwen's the best. i know i gotta Gwen's have her great. back on the pod yeah yeah, oh, so I d- definitely follow people like Ashley Lake, Gwen Adora, Jessica Starling. These are all porn performers who are, like, very educated about, like, anti-porn groups. Um, we would yeah. love to talk to them at some point because yeah. um, they're very vocal, too. Um, it's amazing. So one of the reasons this is also super insidious is because all of us, I don't think there's a single sex worker who has not had to turn to online work because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know what they did? They went, great. We can target all of them. <laughs> Every single like, one. Great, you're all in one place now. Yeah. Yep. Whew. So, it's so essentially, true, eh? Oh, yeah. It's, it's such a great. good way of putting it. 
It's so crazy. I mean, it's not crazy at all, but (laughs) sadly, it's not crazy at all. But um, yeah, so this is what's going on right now. And that's only a few things. We also talked about the EMT who got outed by the New York Post Mm -hmm. for doing OnlyFans this year. I mean... How one of the main, like, creator pushers of Sesta Fosta is the person of the year. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, Kamala Harris. I mean, oh, I mean, first of all, one of the things I will I will point out. So Kamala Harris was a big proponent of Sesta Fosta, for sure. But it's more complicated than that because everybody. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Bipartisan. This was, a, this was not a bipartisan thing. This was, like, everybody voted for it. Even people on the left who are progressive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, no, wow. Th- like Sesta Fosta passed unanimously. Mm-hmm, wow, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right, you're totally right. Like you're Bernie totally right. Sanders voted for it. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> good point. None of them are our out, even AOC, yeah. who is like better. Oh, is she? Don't, don't is say it. Is no. still a politician. <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah, so like, not that I'm saying, I don't know if she even has executive power to vote for it, but like, what I'm saying is, (laughs) don't fall for like, progressive bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, like everybody hates sex workers. <laughs> like, it's sad, but it's very true. And the, the, the double layer of that, which is what our podcast is trying to, like, tackle is that how many sex workers are marginalized people from mm-hmm. marginalized communities? Mm-hmm. This is an attack on them directly. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, amazing. sex workers are at the forefront of like a lot of like feminist movements, and so you can't be a feminist if you don't support sex workers. And like, it's it's yeah, the most the vulnerable swerps. people. Yeah, the most vulnerable people are suffering because of these things. Yeah. So okay, thank you for that, Zoe. I I uh, also just wanted to tell the listeners we specifically gave that to Zoe because she was also very prepared with, uh, <laughs> with that segment. So I do thank you, Zoe Bell, for that segment on I am on the I end am. of the world. <laughs> I am, I, I am Le Anger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Le Sai. Um, so, Eliza, why don't we take it back to you then with, um, on the break, we, the three of us were just kind of like saying, well, maybe we can jam on some ideas on like ways we can help sex, sex workers navigate marketing with all this new shit that's happening that's affecting the way we market so maybe let's kind of close out the episode with this i mean we can try i feel like we can try. Not... let's try yeah, yeah. let's try like yeah. they, i think that unfortunately like we were talking about respectability politics and how that is bullshit um and also people need to eat food same and yeah. so yeah, yeah. Both of those things we were suggesting like looking at like um like influencer marketing or like mm. educator marketing and like how can you market as a model who also does sex work or how can you be an influencer and also do sex work a lot of like the skills that we have as sex workers are so transferable even um we're entrepreneurs so we're entrepreneurs we're influencers we're all these things um so how can we like trick the platforms into thinking that we're just those things and help the clients who want to see sex workers find the information to actually book us or to go at our only fans yeah um this reminds me of the (laughs) yeah exactly um not certainly not in the way it used to be um so this this like reminds me of like the code the coded stuff that used to be printed Mm -hmm. like in newspaper ads like Mm -hmm. sex worker newspaper ads you know what i mean Mm. do you think we're kind of going to have to revert to a lot of this 
coding? And if so, how are our clients going to decode it? Sex work has been around forever and it will continue to be around forever. Like clients will find us. It'll be hard, but they will. And I do think that we're going to have to do some of the coded stuff again until, uh, until people actually like listen to us. And that's going to take a while and that's going to take a lot because like the stigma of sex work means that if you are trying to make yourself heard and become more visible, there's a lot of like personal, that's like a lot of personal sacrifice. Like risk. Yeah. We talk about like getting banned from going to certain countries. Like you can be banned from adopting children. You could have your own children like taken away. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much risk. And unfortunately, like no one gets their liberation from asking politely. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We got to disrupt. Well, I think that there's the one thing about this year, I think that might help us is that sex work now because of you know the only fans getting visibility and whatnot um i think once here's the thing once this shit starts to affect civilians then they care then something will do yeah be done about it you're totally right Zoe. so the more people that are going into sex work the more people this will affect hell this is going to affect normal people on instagram who just post bikini pics like you know Mm. so any no one likes censorship (laughs) yeah it doesn't even have to be like just sex workers like like we were saying earlier like sex workers are at the forefront of like every feminist issue and like a fighting for like sex worker liberation is a fight for like everyone because like totally. you just said, it'll affect everybody. Yeah, yeah and I, I think the market is not going anywhere. If anything, I think the demand for sex work, because we're so isolated due to COVID, has, in, I would say, increased. More people need our services now more than ever. Yep, I've so, definitely found that. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think... Business is booming, baby. Yeah, if, if we can find the people and they can find us. That's the thing, and, yeah. And if we can adapt to the market... But every every barrier is in place to stop us and yeah. prevent us. But so, this industry is going nowhere. Like this industry has been around no. forever, and it will continue. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no matter what happens, we're resilient as fuck. We're like cockroaches. Definitely, <laughs> we're fighters, and we're changeable. We're mutable. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you go you go one way, we'll go the other way. We we mm-hmm. adapt every year. We, we adapt do. literally. <laughs> like remember when hashtags were okay? <laughs> oh yeah okay so exactly so like it's that's such a great point so like yes yeah, specific things like we used to be able to put like hashtag pegging ha- like for me in the kink world i used to be like hashtag prodom hashtag dominatrix hashtag pegging hashtag subs hashtag girlfriend experience yeah <laughs> so we can't be doing that any longer because it's I just mean, a way for the algorithm to find us and yeah, shut us down, right? That's been since about Sesta Fosta, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure. people are, like, sex workers are still doing that. On Twitter, they are. And I, I, I used to, on Twitter, like, maybe a year ago, I was still using hashtags on Twitter and then completely stopped because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, this is just going to get me shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're on uh, social media you know that hashtags are how you get new audiences right mm-hmm. so you we can play to our base which is lovely and yep. i love i love my people 
but mm-hmm. I, I would like to reach more people. <laughs> so you really have to just have killer marketing mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And that's, you know, the market's also oversaturated. So it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it harder for people to find us. Yeah. Do you have any ideas, Eliza, on what we can do with our marketing to change? Yeah. Networking. Mm. Um, Mm. networking is really important like community is really important Um, I think that we are sometimes worried about that because it feels like stealing clients or stealing audiences and it's not like people want more there's enough to go around Um, diversifying your content so like you may not be able to like use hashtag for like oh like I'm a sex worker but maybe you can use hashtags for like erotic art Mm-hmm. right like things that are related artist. to like yeah artists <laughs> sensual artists look at my like beautiful well, artistic nudes like maybe you can't, your nude... sorry you can't say sorry you can't say sensual on instagram though i used to do that. oh yes 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 you can't you yeah. can't even use words like sensual people yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> but like there are other things that you can do that are like around it that will still get you the audiences who are who would be interested in in uh taking your services but yeah like foot fetish for example rather than putting a hashtag foot fetish you could bet hashtag heels hashtag yeah. red heels stockings uh, hashtag <laughs> blog <laughs> yeah hashtag yeah shoe blogger Heel, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you're totally right yeah. yeah like what else would your people like what would your audience be looking for that maybe isn't like before they like discover porn, like what would like you be looking for? And you might be looking for a shoe blog. Yeah, go back to like how did you look <laughs> at porn, but it wasn't porn. Like what were you looking at? <laughs> oh, that's such a funny way to like think about it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hone in on the base need, the base mm-hmm. like fetish, and just like play to that instead. Like yeah. <laughs> totally. No, that's yeah. so smart. Yeah. That yeah, that's one way for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's you, yeah. It's hard because everybody's marketing is different. So totally. it's hard it's hard to I can't like give you a list of all the words. Like yeah, one yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely don't say OnlyFans. Yes. Don't ever ever put that anywhere. Like you mm-hmm. can say O F or like put like oh, yeah, stars. Acronyms. Yeah, acronyms for sure. But yeah. like you you do have to sense it's it's feels awful doing it, but you do have to like censor your language as much as possible. Don't ever type the word sex worker. <laughs> Don't type the word PayPal. Don't type the oh. word <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. No direct links to anything. Yeah. Unfortunately. But even Unfortunately, because though... as we said, the less clicks the better for people to get to us. But And and also Bella Thorne can <laughs> Oh, Bella Thorne put Jesus. a link. Bella Thorne put a swipe up link for her OnlyFans last week. Wow! On her, like Instagram story. Yes. yes. Oh my god. I guess that's the other way. Become a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we already are though. Yeah, we're Toronto celebrities. Oh. <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah. Like, when I say model, I'm like, whatever the fuck that means. Like, yeah, <laughs> Instagram model. Yeah. Let, yeah. Yeah, fashion model. Yeah. Oh my god. So, okay, we should be nearing the end of our pod. It's been so, so lovely catching up with you both. 
I want to direct people to not only to, to Tart With A Heart, your new podcast, but to the other, the old episodes we've done together on my podcast. Just if people are, for whatever reason, getting introduced to you for the first time, there's lots more Zoe and Eliza content, people. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, I did it under a different name, and I don't think I did a very good job at the time. Hopefully you, now I'm a, no, you a little bit. A Zoe. You've been on a Zoe like twice. Yeah, but I the Sesta Fosta episode I was whiskey because I that was something I was like I'm speaking about the industry and I don't mm. want it to like come back on my work name, mm-hmm. so I was like I have to go by a pseudonym. <laughs> so, but I talked about Sesta Fosta under like the name whiskey. I don't think I did a great job, but at the time if, I'm sure it was pretty. At least people know what it is. Yeah, with the information <laughs> we had at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, why don't you tell uh, everybody where they can find, follow you, and of course, listen to Tart with a Heart. <laughs> love it. Love the name. <laughs> uh, who, wants, who wants to go first? Eliza, hit us. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Eliza Lord, or you can find me on Instagram at OhMyLordXO. Love it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zoe Bell T-O. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and OnlyFans at Zoe Bell XO. And if you want to uh, follow Tart with a Heart, we have an Instagram and a Twitter called Tart with a Heart Podcast. And if you would, you, you would be interested to come on the podcast as a guest, if you are a fellow sex worker, we would love to hear from you. And you can email us at tartwithaheartpod at gmail.com. What about the Patreon? Oh yeah! Oh my God, we gotta learn how to plug our Patreon. <laughs> oh gosh, we're, we're only we're only twenty dollars away from inviting a first guest on. Fuck yeah! Yay. Yeah. So uh, our Patreon. Thank you. Our Patreon is also Tart with a Heart podcast. Love it. So for me, at the Lady Pim one on Twitter, at the Lady Pim on Instagram, at the Bedpost podcast on Instagram, the Bedpost Sex Show on YouTube, the Bedpost Show on Patreon. And I think that's it. That's uh, a lot of notches in your bedpost. Uh, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> elbow in the ribs, elbow in the ribs. Um, but thank you to um, the lovely lady that has done all the original music for my podcast. Always love to give a big shout out to Stephanie Copeland. You can find more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. And thank you, Miss Zoe Bell. Thank you, Ms. Eliza Lord. And check out Tart with a Heart, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Bedpost Podcast with another fun, sexy guest here in the studio. Talk about sex and sexuality. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.